Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Awesome. Hey, I'm so glad that you guys are here today. If I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, my name is Devin, and I work here at the church, and uh, I'm so pumped to be continuing this series for Pastor Aaron. So Pastor Aaron is off this weekend because his daughter graduated high school, which is super cool. So yeah, uh, it's pretty awesome that she graduated and did awesome stuff. And so he'll be back um, next week, but next week is Teen Challenge, like we said in church news. So make sure that you guys are here for Teen Challenge. It's going to be an awesome, awesome experience. Um, there is a box truck out front. I don't know if you guys have seen it over the past like month, right? And so you guys can bring things, like we said in church news. We're going to extend that to next week because they're going to be here. We're going to give it to them then. So if you haven't brought your stuff and you're like, oh man, like pull your phone out right now and put an alarm in your phone to make sure you go buy something right throughout the week if you, if you need to. And so, hey, if you have a Bible, I'm going to be in the book of Judges today. The book of Judges. It's kind of towards the beginning of your Bible if you're looking for somewhere to, to turn. We're going to be in Judges chapter 16. And um, if your Bible glows, right, and you're reading now the New Living Translation, that's where we're going to be going for the NLT version on your app, right? Um, and so I want to catch you up where we've been throughout this series, okay? Because um, if you haven't been here, this is week three of the series. First week of the series, Pastor Aaron started off, and he started talking about this idea of how we discover our destiny. And he said that we need to ask, seek, and knock, right? And he said there is the, the, the destiny that's in the Bible, right? That's black and white, like, hey, this is what God has for everyone. And then there's destiny that's specific for you and specific for me, right? And that is something that we do, and we, we kind of like know the principles of the Bible, and we have to follow the Holy Spirit and his leading for that, right? And then in week two, he talked about this idea of how do we discover our destiny, right? And, we, and he started talking about we have to live with this due sense of responsibility and we have to make the best use of our time. We have to cling a hold to what we know is true, right? And so throughout, throughout the day, Pastor Aaron asked me to continue this series by talking about this idea of how do we determine our destiny? How do we determine our destiny? And so um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to read in Judges chapter 16. But before we do, I want to give you a little bit of context, right? Because I'm going to read a little bit at, towards the end of a story, I want to give you some context of what's happening historically. So what we're going to read, we're going to read about a guy named Samson. Everyone say Samson. Okay, time out. All right. So, listen, I like to preach to students, and they're loud and exciting, and they scream back whenever I say to say something. So we're going to act like it's a Monday night for youth, okay? So everyone say Samson. Samson. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. So we're going to read about a guy named Samson. And what's happening historically is there is this cycle that is going over and over and over again with the God's people, the Israelites. What is happening is God has led them to freedom, and then they make this crazy decision to worship another God or to follow another king. So when they do, they get enslaved to that because whatever you worship, you'll eventually be enslaved by, right? And so here they are enslaved by this, and then they cry out to God, God, we made a mistake. Can you set us free? And he raises someone up to judge them and lead them out. That is what is happening historically. It is going on over and over and over again, right? So that's what's happening. And at this time in the text, the, the Israelites are under rule of the Philistines, right? So these are the bad guys. The Philistines have them under, under siege. And at the time, there is this woman who cannot have children. An angel appears to her, right? And she's like, hey, you're going to have a son. His name's going to be Samson. And here's the thing. He's going to be dedicated to God from the very beginning of his life. So what that means is a couple of things back then. It means he can't cut his hair, he can't drink alcohol, and he can't touch dead things, right? So they're like, hey, this is what's gonna happen. 
right? So I need you to do this and trust God. Long story short, here comes Samson. He's dedicated to God. He has really long hair, really cool, kind of looks like Thor. And all of a sudden, he's living his life out, got crazy strength, right? Like insane amount of strength, like just crazy, right? And then he meets this woman, Delilah, okay? Delilah is a problem. She is such a big problem, right? Some of you are like, I'm married to Delilah. No, 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 don't say that. That's a problem. Don't talk about that, right? Like, don't look around, please. Whatever you do, don't look around, okay? And so Delilah is a problem. And basically, she's kind of playing double, double sides. She's getting paid by the Philistines to figure out what is Samson's strength. She finally discovers he can't cut his hair. So he cuts his, she cuts his hair while he's asleep. And he loses, loses all, of his, all of his strength. And we're going to read about this in verse 18. It says this, Delilah realized that he had finally told the truth. So she sends for the Philistines. She says, hey, come back one more time. Right? They're paying her, and she has failed over and over and over again. And she's like, I actually have the truth this time, I promise. He really did tell me his secret. So the rulers, they come in, right, and they give the money to her. Next verse says, Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In this way, she began to bring Samson down, and his strength left him. Then she cries out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. And so he wakes up, and he thinks, that's no big deal. I'll do exactly like I've done before, and I'll shake myself free. But he did not realize that the Lord had left him. That's a really sad verse to me, that we can live our life in a way where we think we're living for Jesus and realize that we walked away from God, right? Because we're out of routine and religion and we come to church and we leave church, but we're not in a relationship with Jesus. We're not doing something to actually hear his voice. And here Samson had no idea this happened. So the Philistines, they capture him and they gouge out his eyes. But you didn't think you were gonna hear that in church today. Gouge out his eyes. It took him to a city named Gaza when he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. But before long, his hair began to grow back. We have this saying in our youth ministry that we say, note takers are history makers. I believe that we take notes. It allows us to remember what God is speaking to us in this moment. So I encourage you to take notes today. And if you are, you can write this at the top of your page. We're going to be talking about how do we determine our destiny, right? Determining your destiny. Now, if you want like a little bit of a subtitle, it's this, Choices Make Trees. So we're going to talk about determining your destiny and that choices make trees. Can we pray really quick? God, thank you so much for your goodness. God, thank you that you are here in this room. Lord, I pray that over these next few moments, God, you speak to all of us. God, I pray that we leave changed and that we leave different. God, I pray that I decrease since you increase. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Speak to every single one of us. Help us see the truth in your word that will allow us to walk out our destiny. In your name I pray, amen. So the other day, um, my wife wanted this tree planted in our house, and it was great. And so we like have to get this tree. I don't know why you're laughing. All the men are laughing because they know the struggle, right? So she's like, wanted this tree. We couldn't find the tree. We finally found the tree. And like everything else in the world, it costs like three times the amount it actually should cost. And so like, I'm like, okay, let's get the tree. Side note, I think it's dying right now. So this story is awesome, right? And so um, we go and get the tree. And 
we, it turned into like a day, like a whole day. We get all these flowers, this tree. My grandparents and my parents come over. They're helping us plant flowers, helping us do this tree. And then it's time to actually put the tree in the ground. Now, my opinion is dig a hole, plant the tree, pretty solid. No, no, no. You have to walk around the tree, make sure the tree looks good from the road, because as I drive, I want to make sure trees look good, you know? And so like, I, hey, can you walk on the road, just make sure it looks solid with the house? What does that even mean? And then like, oh wait, I'm going to sit on the porch and make sure it looks good. Like make sure I'm not blocking too much. Now the canopy of the tree is going to come out seven and a half feet. So I need you to take a tape measure and walk in circles to make sure that it's not going to go anywhere else. Uh, I don't really like that. So we're going to put it over here. Uh, Can you walk in another circle? This is a true story. I'm not exaggerating this at all. And I'm like, for the love of Jesus, let's plant the tree. After so long, when my wife finally makes a decision, my grandpa starts to talk. Where is your water and sewer lines? This tree is not going to the bathroom. Why do we care where the water lines are? Why do we care where the sewer lines are? I don't care. And he's like, well, you see, roots, the roots of the, of the tree can go down and they can like grab a hold of the lines, right? And I'm like, awesome, that's great, right? I'm wonderful, I'm just great. And here comes my wife with an instruction book. I promise this is true. So you want the instructions on how to plant the tree? Step one, how to dig a hole. Nope, don't want those. Like, I can dig a hole myself. Appreciate it. And, like, by this time, I'm so frustrated. Like, I just want to plant the tree and go inside. Well, as we're planting the tree, like, what my grandpa said starts to, like, hit me. That what you plant in one season grows roots in your tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, man, that's, that's awesome. What I plant today grows roots tomorrow. And where you plant it matters. What you do with it matters. Because the decisions and the choices that we're making today affect your destiny tomorrow. It can grow really healthy roots, or it can grow roots that are attacking something in your life. And as I'm thinking about that, I'm like, man, like, what does that mean for me? Like, my destiny and your destiny and my choices Like if we're talking about determining our destiny, we're talking about how do we make these choices that allow allow us to grow the right type of roots, what does that mean? And then I think of Samson. Samson is the perfect guy to talk about when it talks about making decisions because he made a lot of bad ones, like a whole bunch of bad decisions. If you think you have made bad decisions in your life, you've not read about Samson because Samson has made so many bad decisions. Like he had a couple of rules in his life. Don't cut your hair. Don't drink alcohol. Don't touch dead things. Like I think we could figure that one out. Not Samson, right? And today I want to look at the life of Samson. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. We're going to talk about what do we need to know to to determine our destiny. All right, so we're going to make three points today and we're going to do it by looking at the life of Samson. And we're talking about what do you need to know? What do I need to know if we're going to determine, right, to walk in my destiny? This whole series is about discovering your destiny. But if you don't make decisions to walk in it, what good is it that you actually know it? Right? So we have to decide and make choices to actually walk in it. Right? So what do I need to know to determine my destiny? Point number one is this. Walking in my destiny is a choice. Walking in my destiny is a choice. It's a choice to walk in my destiny. Can you imagine Samson growing up? Like, 
I have a daughter now, and I'm failing at fatherhood. No, not really, but I'm trying to figure it out, right? I'm trying to figure it out. And I can imagine Samson's parents trying to figure it out, except they have some special challenges they have to deal with. Like Samson is so strong, every toy they give him, snapped in half. Like, I just went and bought that. And he gets mad and just snaps in half. Like, okay, cool. Um, you, know how, you know how, like, toddlers, like, they throw themselves on the floor when they get mad? Not Samson. He picks up the kitchen table and tosses it across the room. Like, can you imagine being his parent? Like, what are we going to do with this kid? Then he goes to school with really long hair, and people start making fun of him. Side note, I have to tell you this story. One time when, <laughs> Steph, I can hear you laughing all the way up here, and it's great. One time, right, um, my brother gets home from middle school, and someone told him he had a unibrow, which he did not. Um, so he sneaks into my mom's room, true story, and shaves off one eyebrow. Yeah, it's, it's real, just one. And he comes out, and he's, like, trying to hide himself, like, <laughs> didn't do anything. And, like, I can imagine, like, how much pain he had to walk in, like, going to school and, like, don't look at me kind of thing. I can imagine that being Samson a little bit, though. Like, coming home from middle school, like, everyone's making fun of me, Mom. Like, my hair is so long. Like, I, I, it's not long enough to put in a man bun, but it's too long to look good. Like, I don't know what to do with it. What do I do? And I can imagine him being like my brother, sneaking into his, to his mom's room, trying to grab some scissors. And just before he goes to cut it, his mom's like, hey, what are you doing? You can't cut your hair. You know an angel showed up, and you're destined to have a big destiny. You have a big plan. You have a big purpose. You can't look like everyone else. You can't talk like everyone else. You can't be like everyone else. Hey, I'm not talking about Samson anymore. You have a big destiny. You can't look like everyone else. You can't talk like everyone else. You can't do things like everyone else does. You have a big destiny. You can't just go cut your hair because, listen, your destiny, my destiny, it is too big to make lackadaisical decisions that, don't, that we don't even think through. It's too big for that. What God has called you to, what God has called me to, it is too big to just make choices without thinking them through. It's too big to just walk into the, to the bedroom, grab a pair of scissors, and cut your hair. Your destiny is too big for that. You have to think it through. You have to think, what is this choice? What is this decision going to affect in my life? Right? Samson could have screwed up his entire destiny at 12 because of a choice he made to cut his hair. Right? Here's Samson. Like, I can imagine his mom giving him this speech all of the time. You've got to think through what you're doing. You've got to think through what you're doing. You've got to think through what you're doing. Because determining your destiny is all about the choices that you make. You want to determine your destiny? You want to walk in your destiny? You want to do things the way God calls you to? You want to be who God called you to be? You want to be the mom God called you to be? The dad God called you to be? It's about the choices that you make. It's about the choices that you make. It's about what decision are you going to make, right? And here is Samson making some pretty crazy choices in his life. Now, uh, just to be fair, before we like judge Samson real hard, um, I've made choices I'm not proud of. Have you? Like, it's so easy to look at a, a Bible character. Like, what are you doing, bro? Trying to cut your hair at 12? Like, you have three rules, right? And for us, it's so easy to put the judgment card on a Bible character or the person sitting next to you 
for the person that you're married to and forget that, hey, I've done things I'm not proud of to you. And I think it's important for all of us in this room to know that the choices that we make, they're either driving us towards our destiny or they're gonna put a delay on it. Every choice we make, every single choice, it is either going to drive you towards the destiny that God has for you or it's gonna put a delay in your destiny. Let me tell you about a couple people in the Bible. We hear about Samson, but there was this guy named Peter. Now, if you've never heard about Peter, Peter was pretty crazy. He was a guy you would like to bring to a fight with you, right? And he followed Jesus, and he was a really close follower of Jesus. It was called a disciple in the Bible. So here's Jesus getting ready to be arrested, right? Jesus tells them it's going to happen. Jesus is going to go peacefully, and here comes Peter pulling out a sword from somewhere and just cuts off a guy's ear. Like, first of all, were you aiming for the ear, or do you just have, like, really bad aim? Like, yeah, I mean, like, what were you doing? And he cuts off the ear, and Jesus is like, no, 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 Peter, we don't live like this. This isn't our destiny. We, we're, we're different. And he heals the ear. There was another guy named Moses in the Bible, and God had picked Moses to lead a group of people out of, of slavery, right? And so he's in the wilderness. Now, to be fair, all the people like to complain a lot, and he gets really frustrated with the people. God says, hey, you need water to drink? I want you to speak to that rock and water will come out. Moses gets so mad that he hits the rock and water still comes out because God is good and God is gracious. But because Moses did that and made a choice, it put a delay on his destiny that he never got to experience the destiny God had for him. He never got to experience it. Then there was a guy named Jonah. Maybe you've heard of Jonah. Maybe you've seen the movie. Jonah was someone that God gave a very simple instruction to a very, very simple instruction to you. Actually, we're going to put it on the screen. This is God speaking to Jonah. Hey, get up and go to the city of Nineveh, right? I want you to preach my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked the people are. But Jonah gets up and he goes, um, I'm going to go in the opposite direction and get away from the Lord. So he goes down to the port of Joppa where he finds a ship that's leaving for Tarshish. He buys a ticket and he gets on board, hoping to escape the Lord. Now, for me, I read this, and I'm like, Jonah's such an idiot. <laughs> Who runs from God? Who makes a decision to go in the opposite direction of God? And then I realize that whenever I make a decision that I'm, I'm doing something God didn't tell me to do, I am Jonah. When God told me to take a step of faith, and I'm like, I'm kind of comfortable right now, I'm Jonah. When God's like, hey, can you pay for the person behind you in the drive-thru? And we're like, God, like gas is like $8 a gallon right now. Like I can't really afford that. And so I don't do it. I'm Jonah, right? Because if God told me to do it, he'll provide a way through it. And so I'm gonna trust him and just keep going forwards, right? And I'm gonna let him work out the destiny. I'm gonna let him work out the details. I'm gonna let him figure it all out. But what we're so good at, what I'm so good at is being like Samson, being like Jonah and making decisions to try to create my own destiny, right? But here's what I know. God can't bless the destiny that I create. He can only bless the one he drives you to. He can't, he can't do it. He can't bless the one you try to create. And maybe you're sitting there like, I've never tried to create my destiny. God says, hey, be single for six months. God, she's really hot. And um, like, she really likes me. And I can love you and date her. I'll be, I'll be fine. And what God's trying to do is protect you from a heart, heartbreak 
and try to walk the right person into your life. But because you think you know better than God, you make a decision to walk in a destiny that you tried to create that God can't bless. Right? What about this one? God's like, hey, I want you to be a really generous person. Like, I want you to bless people in your life. Not just people you like, but people in your life. I want you to bless people. But you make the, the choice and the decision to go out and buy a new truck, a new phone, and everything else you can possibly do. And now you're like, I don't have money to bless people, God. But I'm living a good life. And God's like, I was going to give you a better life than that if you could just obey me in this little tiny thing and trust me in your destiny. But we love to make destiny ours. We love to be like Samson and Jonah and Peter and Moses. And maybe we get frustrated at God. Maybe, maybe we don't really know that the choices that we're making really do determine if we're walking in our destiny. But I want you to write this down, that following your destiny, right, and actually walking in it are two different things. You can know it, but following it and walking in it is totally different than knowing it. You can know about it, but if you don't make a choice to walk in it, what good is it? If you come to every week of this series and you hear God has a destiny, he has a plan for me, that before I was ever born, God picked me, he chose me. He said, hey, I have a purpose for you. And you know all of those things, but you decide, I'm gonna do it my own way. What good is it actually knowing it? For example, you can know I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can quote it. But if I don't do anything, can I actually do all things through Christ who gives me strength? Think about it. Like, I can quote it, but if I don't do something about it, I have to know my destiny and choose my destiny, right? And I think as we start looking at Samson, we start looking at his life, and we wonder, like, how do I choose to walk in my destiny? It's really simple. If you want to walk in your destiny, choose obedience. Choose obedience. If you want to walk in your destiny, choose obedience. Choose obedience, right? Because if you obey God, he'll lead you right where you need to be. If you obey God, he'll lead you exactly to the person, to the place, to the thing that you need. Obedience is the key to walking in your destiny. That's, that, that's it. You want to walk in your destiny? Okay, obedience. But Samson struggled with obedience. He struggled with it. Right, and I think that as we're looking at the story of Samson, a lot of us know Samson and Delilah, even if we didn't grow up in church, right? We know, we kind of talked about at the beginning, this woman that he was with. But there was a lot of choices and decisions that Samson made before Delilah that got him in trouble, right? And if you're taking notes, you can write that down. Because if we want to determine our destiny, right, we have to know that walking in my destiny is a choice. But secondly, I have to avoid destiny distractions, I have to avoid destiny distractions. Samson was really bad at this. He was really, really bad at this. Like, he had Delilah, yes, but there's part of a story that I'm gonna guess you probably don't know. I'm I'm guessing it's part of his life that you may not have heard about before. And we're gonna read about it in Judges 14, right? So we're gonna avoid destiny distractions. Judges chapter 14 says this. As Samson and his parents were going down to a city named Timnah, a young lion suddenly attacked Samson near the vineyards of the city. 
right? So at that moment, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson and he rips the lion's jaws apart with his bare hands. Told you, he's like Thor, right? He did it as easily if it were a young goat, but he didn't tell his father or his mother about it. So when he arrives in the city and he goes and talks to this woman, the reason he was there, he was really pleased with her next verse. Later, he goes back to the city to see the woman again, right? And he turns off the path to see the carcass of the lion. And he found that a swarm of bees had made some honey in the carcass. So he scoops some of the honey out into his hand, to his hands and he eats it along the way. Then he gives some to his father and his mother and he, then they ate it. But he didn't tell them where it came from. This whole like part of the story is filled up with destiny distractions. Now I'm going to give you kind of an A, B, and C here. What are destiny distractions? Here's the first one. Destiny distractions, they are things that look like culture. Things that look like culture. Now like with Samson, we see Samson, he like is doing this thing and it says he left the path that he was on. Things in our life, they are challenging for our attention. They're, they're begging for us to leave the path that God has called us to walk on. And one of those things are, is things that look like culture, right? For Samson, I don't know if you caught it, but he was walking to the city and it says a lion attacked him near a vineyard. Time out. What is a man who's not supposed to drink alcohol doing in a vineyard? What is he doing there? He's surrounding himself with temptation. He's surrounding himself with things that he shouldn't have been around. He's making decisions and choices that he knows are not good for him, right? He knows this is a problem. He knows this possibly could not work out well, and yet here he finds himself surrounded by temptation, surrounded by temptation. And I think that when we start asking ourselves, what does my life look like? Am I surrounding myself with things that shouldn't be there? Am I surrounding myself with things that look like the rest of the world? Because the last time I checked, we should look more like Jesus than we do culture. We should look more like heaven than we do culture. We should look more like Jesus. We should have love that comes out of us, not hate, right? We should have compassion and generosity. We should be the most encouraging people to be around. And yet some of us and in the office, they're like, I don't be around them. We should look like heaven, not culture. These things distract us from our destiny, right? These make a distraction for our destiny. And like, here is Samson making this thing. And now it's easy to judge him, like I said, but what about us? What are some things that are destiny distractions that look like culture? Here's one, watching that show that you know you shouldn't watch. Hey, Pastor Devin, I'll watch it. Um, I'll just like not pay attention during those scenes. You're playing in a vineyard. That's what you're doing. And you're asking, why does this keep happening? Because you're putting yourself in a place that your destiny does not belong. That's why, right? Or what about this one? I'm gonna, like we talked about earlier, I'm gonna buy all that stuff, right? There's nothing wrong with having things, right? But what happens when things have me and now I can't walk on my destiny because I arrested my destiny to get things that don't really matter to begin with? Like, and then all of a sudden we find ourselves playing in a vineyard. What about this one? We, we just live together. Too deep? Yeah, I guess. Your faces tell me it was too deep, I guess, right? Like, we just live together. We have, like, separate bedrooms. We're, we're fine. 
No, what you are doing is living in a vineyard when you're not supposed to drink alcohol. And you're playing this game of how close can I get to ruining my destiny? You might not call it that. You might call it like everyone else does it. It looks good. Can I tell you, there are things that everyone else can do that you can't do because you have a big destiny. There are things that everyone else can do that you can't do. There are things that everyone else can do that I can't do. There are choices and decisions that everyone else can make that I can't make. Why? Because God has a purpose and a plan and a call for you. Right? You have to protect that with every decision that you make. This is what Samson is doing. This is what Samson is doing. He is looking like culture. Then he goes, and I don't know if you caught it, he kills the lion like a young goat. And then later he comes and he walks off the path to find it. Because another destiny distraction is this, not just things that look like culture, but things that sound like culture. Right? Things that sound like culture. Another timeout. Samson wasn't supposed to touch dead things, right? Don't cut your hair, don't drink alcohol, you know, don't, don't touch dead things. How did he get the honey out of a carcass of a lion? You ever thought about that? That's pretty crazy. Like, I wonder, like, because I mean, I'm sure there's bees everywhere. So, like, did he, like, reach his hand in and just, like, let it get stung? Probably not. Did he, like, have a stick and he's, like, fending off the bees like a lightsaber and trying to, like, figure it out, you know? I don't know. But what I do know is he was getting really, really close to making a decision that was going to destroy his destiny. He was getting as close as possible. This is free. It's not like a point. But if you're just living your life in a way to see how close I can get to the line, you're probably not walking in true obedience. Because God's not going to lead you really close to the line. That way you can like, you know, mess up. God's not going to lead you there. Right? And so here's Samson making this decision, making this choice to see how close he can get. He gets the, the honey out. And then maybe you're wondering, like, how does this mean what sounds like culture? I have a verse for you. Um, it's found in the book of Proverbs. It says this. Proverbs, thank you. Kind words are like honey. They're like honey. They're sweet to the soul and they're healthy for the body. Samson pulls out honey. And now here he is eating this honey. Can I ask you this question? Does your life sound like the destiny that you're called to live? Like, think about it. The things you're saying, the things you're doing, does your life sound like the destiny that you're called to live? Like, are you living and speaking unforgiveness and bitterness? I don't really care what happens to them because honestly, they deserve it. That doesn't sound like heaven. Now, listen, I'm not like saying this to make you feel bad. I, I'm talking to me. I'm just having a conversation with myself while you all listen, right? And like, am I just talking that way because everyone else does, right? Am I, am I talking comparison? Like, who am I? Like, I mean, if I, I see Heath, like Heath can dress nice. He like has cool hair. He can play guitar. Here I am. Like the best I've got is gray tennis shoes. Right? And like, what do I do? Comparison, when it comes out of your mouth, it is distracting you from your destiny. God did not call you to be Heath. God called you to be that person's dad, to be that person's mom. Listen, if they need a different mom, God would have given them to someone else. So stop comparing yourself. Stop saying like, I'm not good enough to be their mom. No, listen, you are good enough to be their mom because God destined you to be their mom. Right? God destined you to be that husband, to be that wife. 
right? Stop comparing yourself. Maybe it's not what you're saying, but it's what you're posting. Yeah, we're going there. We're going there. Like, I would rather get in an argument with someone on Facebook that doesn't even matter, that I don't even know in real life, just so I can prove a point. What is wrong with us? Like, honestly, like, I'm asking a genuine question. That does not sound like the destiny we're called to walk out. Being people who start arguments and and try to create division because of an opinion that we have over this or that or this. Listen, keep your opinion, have your opinion. Talk about it with people in your circle who actually care about what you have to say, right? Because listen, heaven sounds like unity. Heaven sounds like, hey, we're better together. Your destiny, my destiny, it sounds like, hey, we're going to love people well. We're going to stay strong in what the word of God says, but we're also going to love people well. We're going to sound like heaven, right? Not what culture sounds like. And then the last one, another destiny distraction, right? Samson, this is the famous one, Delilah, right? So what is a destiny distraction? It is simply things that look like culture, things that sound like culture. And lastly, people that live like culture. Now, really quickly, I want to make sure I say this. I am not talking about us four and no more not talking to another person because they don't believe in Jesus. Listen, we cannot reach a world that we isolate ourselves from. I'm not saying that, right? What I'm saying is I am talking about the people that we run to when things go wrong. I'm talking about the people that we say, these are my closest friends. Those people, right? That, that's, everyone understand that those are the people that I'm talking about. Those people in your life, like Delilah. Listen, this girl, like I said, was jacked up. Now, I don't have time to read it. If you wanna read about it, you can read it through Judges 13 through 16. It's kind of the whole story of Samson. But Delilah was being paid by the Philistines. She comes in and it's Samson. She's like, tell me your strength. And he lies to her, right? He's like, if you, you know, tie me up with this certain type of rope, it'll work. So she does it and he breaks it. That's a warning sign, not for Samson. <laughs> for Samson's like, oh, it's okay. It's not a big deal. He's like, she's like, listen, you don't even love me. Can you please tell me? And he lies to her again. And the same thing happens again, right? Can I just say this really quick? If you have to hide the destiny God has placed in you from a person, they probably shouldn't be in your life. If you have to hide from it and you have to be like, I don't really know about it, then they shouldn't be there. Right, like we need people who are for us. People who are, hey, I've got your back. Right, people that I can run to and say, hey, I'm struggling here. Right, so this happens over and over again. And finally, Delilah convinces him, listen, you don't love me if you don't tell me the truth. So Samson gives in and he tells her the truth. And he tells her the truth. And here's Samson, here's Samson in a really low, low place. You know, um, I think it's important for us to know this about people is that people, they are the greatest catalyst that we have to make the right decisions. They're the greatest thing we have. Because maybe you're, here, you're sitting here and you're listening to this and you're like, this is why I don't have friends. Because if I don't have anybody, I can't have the wrong somebody. No, then what you do is isolate yourself And then what you're doing is saying, I can do it on my own. And we're not created to live life alone, right? To walk out our destiny, we need people. We need people. 
They're the greatest catalyst that we have because that person can get behind you and be like, Samson, what are you doing, bro? Like, Delilah is messed up. Why are you with her? Like, you can have people who speak truth, right, and say, like, you need to do better for yourself. You can do better for yourself. Listen, somebody in here today needs to hear, you can do better than what you're with right now. They're distracting you from your destiny, right? And if that means you have to take a season and not have anyone in your life other than the people in your small group, then do it. Your destiny is worth it. And God will bring the right people into your life at the right time. Just trust God with the people in your life, right? And here's Samson. He has nobody. So they arrest him. They gouge out his eyes and they take him to a city to be a trophy, if you read in the Bible, they take him and they tie him up to a pillar and all of these people come, thousands and thousands and thousands of people show up to watch Samson be a trophy for the Philistines. They're talking about, this is how good we are. This is how amazing we are. Like, like we captured Samson. Like he gave up his destiny for this. This is amazing. And here they are and Samson is in an extremely low place. This part of the message is for a lot of people in the room. Because a lot of us, including myself, we've made decisions and choices where we feel like we've given up our destiny. We feel like Samson. We feel like we've given it all up and we're in a really low place. Listen, if we wanted to determine our destiny, we want to make choices that drive us to our destiny. We have to know walking our destiny, it's a choice. We have to avoid those destiny distractions. And lastly, it's this. We have to understand it is never too late to make the right choice. It is never too late to make a better, to make a better choice. I don't care where you're at. Like, I don't care if you're in the room and you're 15 years old and you slept with three people and now you have a pregnancy scare and now you're sitting here not telling your parents and you're wondering, how can I ever walk out the destiny God has for me? I can't. I made too many mistakes. I don't care if you're 85 and you're, you're saying to yourself right now, I've made my choices. Destiny has passed me. I don't care if you're 32 and it feels like you've done a great job of following Jesus the best that you can, but there are still things in your life that you look back on and say, I wish I could have done better. It is never too late to make a better choice. It's never too late to make a better choice. It, 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 no decision that you make can cancel the choice Jesus made about you. No choice. There is nothing that you can do. There is nothing that I can do that will cancel the choice that Jesus made about you. Yes, you, not your neighbor, not the person that you think is extra holy, you. There is no choice that you can make that can cancel it. You know, Jesus, like Samson, had a really low moment. He was getting ready to be arrested and crucified so that, that we could find a way to heaven. He's in this garden and he's praying and he's saying, God, if there's any other way, any other way, please make it happen. You know what he's asking for? If there's any other way to see this destiny take place, please, 
please, this is going to be hard. This is going to be difficult. But I love that Jesus made a decision that shows that even when it's difficult, we can make a better choice and say, my destiny affects other people's destiny. If I can walk out my destiny, now you can walk out yours. And yet our destiny might not affect, affect all of humankind like Jesus's did, but it might affect your household. It might affect the people at your work. It might affect your kids and their kids and their kids and their kids. And here's Jesus making this decision to choose you. He picked you in all of your mess, in all of your problems, in everything you're proud of and everything you're not proud of. Jesus said, I pick you. And because Jesus walked out his destiny and picked his destiny, now we can walk out ours. Now we can make choices that allow us to follow the destiny that God has for us. And, and what I, I think is amazing about the story of Samson is we see this happen. We see Samson in a really low place. He is a trophy for the enemy. He is tied up to a pillar in their temple. He has no eyes. His destiny feels like it is gone. And in Judges chapter 16, verse 28, it says this. It says, then Samson, he prays to God. He says, God, remember me. Please strengthen me just one more time. Translation, God, let me walk in my destiny again. God, help me do this thing again, right? And with one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. So then Samson, he puts his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple and he pushed against them with both hands and he prayed, let me die with the Philistines. So the temple crashes down and the Philistine rulers and all of the people are killed, right? So everyone dies. And look at this last verse. So he killed more people in one day than he did his entire life. God restored his destiny better than it was before. Listen, I don't know what you walked in here carrying. I, I don't know where you find yourself at. If it feels like your destiny is gone, it feels like you've wasted your purpose. I want you to hear this. If there is breath in your lungs, there is destiny ahead of you. That if you're here, God has more for you. God hasn't given up on you and he never will. That if, if there is breath in your lungs, God has destiny ahead of you. He has more for you. He has more in store for you. Don't quit now. Don't give up now. If it takes you, when we worship in a minute, to stand and say, God, I am sorry for the choices that I've made. And you talk to God about choices no one else knows that you've made, do it. If it means you say, God, I've done a pretty good job, but I need help to, to be better, ask him, right? Walking in your destiny is a choice. It's a choice. You remember that tree we talked about at the beginning? That thing we talked about where the roots, what we plant today, grows roots in our tomorrow. When we make decisions and we make choices and we, and we say like, okay, here we are. We're gonna make choices that follow 
our destiny. We're gonna make choices that are driven by our destiny. The book of Psalms says something really cool about us. Can you put it on the screen? It says, what delight comes to the one who follows God's way? This is what this means is, what delight comes to the person who walks in their destiny? Who lets God direct their path? Who lets God be their leader? Who makes choices that says that say, God, I'm gonna follow you in my destiny, even if it makes no sense. I'm gonna choose obedience over everything else. What delight comes to that person? Because he's not gonna walk and step with the wicked. He's not gonna share in the sinner's way. No, no, no. He's not gonna be found sitting at the scorner's seat. What he's gonna do is his pleasure and passion is gonna remain to the true word of I am, which is Jesus. And he's gonna meditate on the words of Jesus day and night in true revelation of light. But look at this. Um, he's going to stand firm like a tree. Like a tree planted by God's design with roots that go into the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of life. He's never going to be dry. He's never going to be faint, faint away. He's, never, he's always going to be blessed and he will always be prosperous because listen, choices make trees. What tree are you growing with your destiny? What are you choosing to walk out? What are you choosing to plant? What are you choosing to let your roots grow into? I wanna choose Jesus. I wanna say this one last thing and we're gonna worship together. If you wanna know, how do I do this? Like, how do I make choices that allow me to really walk out my destiny? The best way to make choices that are driven by destiny is to make room for Jesus. That's it. To make room for Jesus in your life. In every area, in relationships, gotta make room for what you say is right. In the way I handle myself at work, gotta make room for whatever you say is right. In the way I talk to my kids, in the way I raise my family, in the way I worship, right? In the way I drive, in everything that I do, God, I wanna make room for you. I wanna make room for you. I wanna leave us in this place of surrender because only you can make choices for your life. I can't do it. Pastor Aaron can't do it, right? Like they can lead us in worship and they can sound amazing, but they can't do it. Only you can. And as we worship, I don't want you just to sing the lyrics on the screen because it says, I'll make room for you. And that's a clever song to put at the end of this message. But I want you to sing it out of a heart of surrender that says, God, I will make room for you. What choices do I need to make? And I would guarantee that God will speak to you about something. Stop watching that show. Delete that number out of your phone, right? Unfollow that account on TikTok. Figure out something that you need to stop watching, stop doing, stop going, right? Hey, I need you to be this to that person. I need you to talk better to them. God, I want to make room for you. So all over this room, can we stand? I want to pray and we're going to worship together. God, I thank you for your presence. And God, I thank you that when you ask us to make choices and decisions that affect our destiny, it's never left on just us that we don't have to figure this thing out on our own. God, you are, you are so good to lead us and guide us and direct us. And Lord, 
right now in this moment, God, we will make room for you. God, whatever that means, Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you speak to every single person in this room, people who have heard your voice for years, people who have never heard your voice. God, I pray that you make room, they make room for you to speak. They make room for to, to hear you. And God, I pray it's not just a cool moment at the end of a service, but God, this is a moment that changes our life and allows us to walk in our destiny. God, thank you so much for your goodness and for your mercy. God, thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.